The Utah Utes are set to take on the Southern Utah Thunderbirds this Saturday in their season opener at home. But how will they go about taking on the Thunderbirds and what are the keys to the game? We're talking about it on today's Locked on Utes. You are Locked on Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Lockdown Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube, where we are just almost at 400 subscribers. So greatly appreciate all your guys' support as we look forward to continue to grow this channel and give you guys the content of Utah football. So on today's show, we are going to be going over Utah football versus Southern Utah. But first, I want to tell you guys about our episode sponsor, Bet Online. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. We're also going to be having a fun segment on later where our Bet Online big game picks, we're going to be going over and giving you guys some of our lines and how we feel like the odds are in favor for some of the teams. No line on Utah this week as they are heavily favored, but we'll get into that later in the show. To start things off, I want to bring on a special guest. From Ute Zone, it's Dante Guardi. And Dante, this is a game for the Utes that obviously, look, they're going to win. And if they don't win, then the sky is falling, cataclysmy, whatever you want to call it. Things have gone very bad. So just looking at the expectations on this game, I expect the starters to play midway through the third quarter. And then after that, I feel like Utah will be up by 30 to potentially, honestly, at that point, Utah could be up by, I'll go Utah will be up by 40 at that point. We'll finally see Bryson Barnes come in. And the reason I say finally is we know what a big storyline that's been for this team is who's going to be QB2. Very well could see some Jaquindon Jackson, potentially even some Nate Johnson. He is red shirting. This is a great kind of game to get him a little bit experience. So the quicker the Utes get out to that big lead early, I think they're going to be able to do so. I don't see, especially with the way the defense performed last week, I think Utah is really going to come out and just try to impose their will on the Thunderbirds. Try not to let them score early. I don't see the Thunderbirds getting any points until the I'll go the midway through the third quarter or maybe that late fourth once some of the backups come into this game. But I really feel like this Utah team is going to come in hungry, ready to step up and really impose their will. And like I mentioned, I think we'll see the starters be productive, and but it's going to be a lopsided Utah victory in the end. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I would like to see the guys come out and just kind of impose their will, like you were saying. Um, I think they're a little bit angry. I heard Tuesday's practice was really intense. Mm-hmm. Coaches and players were saying that. So I would like to come out and see them impose their will, get better at tackling, and just run the crap out of the ball, basically. Yeah, and you talked about right there. Like, So you were at the Florida game. And so you saw firsthand what you want this team, what this team needs to improve on. And I'll I'll touch on it a little bit as well. Some of the big things I'm hoping this Utah team can improve on going forward and just show off in this game is number one, the tackling 27 missed tackles. We've talked about it all week. That number is way too high, especially for a team that's usually in the teams. Honestly, I don't think that number should be over three, especially in the like the first half when the starters are playing, they're locked in, and this is still a game. I really think that's what I want to see. I want to see this team get its receivers involved. That's that being Devon Vele, Solomon Enos. I'd love to see Mikai Kopi even come in. Guys like Money Parks, we know Jalen Dixon should get 
a little bit, but just really utilize those weapons on the outside is something I think that would be really key for this team. Also, get after the quarterback. Junior Tafuna, Van Fillinger, those are guys I think like, hey, if this Utah team wants to do great things, it's going to be on their pass rush to get home. They didn't do that last week, and a couple times Van did, couldn't bring down Anthony Richardson. So I'm excited to see those guys, as well as guys like Connor O'Toole, Jonah, Jonah Ellis, who had some fun moments in the first game, but especially in O'Toole, getting a lot more exposure than they had last season, O'Toole switching positions. I'm excited to see those guys get after it more, cut down on those missed tackles, get the receivers involved. And I mean, this Utah football team, they're going to continue to run the ball well. So those are the biggest things I'm hoping to see them improve on. Yeah, the missed tackles for me is the one main thing, as well as being able to stop the run. We gave up over 280 rush yards, Florida rushed for over 70 yards per carry. And also without, I mean, you already stated it, we missed 27 tackles. Um, I've been watching Utah football ever since I was a kid, and I couldn't tell you, uh, I can't remember a performance that was that abysmal in terms of tackling and fundamentals. And with this coaching staff and how much they emphasize stuff like that, uh, I think this is going to be the one and only time we see it. And if you, I mean, if you think that Utah is going to miss 27 tackles and then allow over seven yards per carry in just another game this year, I think you're kind of out of your mind. Yeah, definitely. Once one of those rare occurrences to a really good Florida team. This is a team also Utah Utes didn't hit as much during fall camp because they have that much experience. The players coming back in, so they felt good about it as well. And this is a Thunderbirds team that look. Let's just talk about what they are. They won one game a season ago. Already have one win against St. Thomas early on, but they had gone through a coaching transition. Coach Delane Fitzgerald comes in. Guys been successful at a lot of places, but. Still just a massive talent jump here. So, it, look, it's going to be tough for the Thunderbirds. They got a couple of players on the roster who you look at and you're like, oh, he, he's nice. He does a does a good job. But there's just a just distinct disadvantage in this one. So do you think, especially on offense, do you see Southern Utah having much success against the Utes? Not at all. So the biggest mismatch go, like for last week was how much bigger um, the Florida offensive linemen were than our defensive linemen. This week's going to be a complete flip-flop. And I think because of that, our guys are going to come out a lot more angry, a lot more physical, and just impose their will on them, get it, get the pass rush clicking, um, stop the run easily. I mean, I would be shocked if Southern Utah scored more than 10 points in this game. Yeah, I, I would be as well. I just think that's something this Utah team is going to come in, fired up about, and ready to go. And one of the reasons they're going to be able to do that is because of the guys who step up. So starting with the defense, who are a couple of the guys that you think are in for big games? Because I personally, I'm looking at guys like – Diabate, who I think is disappointed how things played out in Florida last week. I think a guy like Junior Tafuna and Van Fillinger that I already highlighted. I think just Travis Broughton is a guy who could get an interception. It's hard to know like how much this team, like I said, it's just it's one of those wild things. Interception so hard to predict, but I really think the front seven is going to be our key takeaway here. So who are the couple of the guys on this Utah defense that you think are in for big performances? So for last week, there were three guys that really stuck out to me on our defense. Number one was Karene Reed. He had five stops, and his average depth per tackle was only 3.4 yards down the field, which is very good for a linebacker who's playing about five yards off the line of scrimmage. And the other two, Clark Phillips and JT Broughton. Both of them were lights out. JT Broughton only allowed two catches on four targets for about 20 yards, and he also forced an incompletion. Clark Phillips only allowed two catches on three um, attempts and only gave up 11 yards. So those two were locked down on the outside, and I think those three are going to be the catalyst for this Utah defense uh, as the year progresses, and they're going to be the three that – ball out on Saturday's game. 
Yeah, it's going to be a fun opportunity. The thing that makes this game so exciting, too, is it's the home season opener at Rice Eccles. You know, the crowd is going to be hungry, ready to go. It's been a long time since we've seen this Utah team get out there, and so much has happened. I mean, you look at the last home game, you get the Pac-12 championship game one, you get the Rose Bowl, you get the uh, the Florida game, of course, as well, all that time in the offseason, the spring game even. So it's just been a long time since we've seen another team come into Rice Eccles. So, Dante, this will be – an unbelievable atmosphere. How are you excited to experience it? Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, since we've played I Rise Cycles last, it's been three primetime games, like you said, yeah. Pac-12 Championship, Rose Bowl, in an SEC environment. So, and with the high expectations for the team, it's going to be an incredible atmosphere, and I can't wait to experience it. It's going to be an incredible atmosphere indeed. Exciting to see what this team is capable of doing as they hunt for their first win. We're going to talk about the guys we expect to step up on offense, but first, I want to tell you guys about Bet Online. So betonline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, podcasts, including this year's opening week's games. Guys, the NFL Thursday night football was on last night. Now going forward, we have an exciting weekend of college football and NFL together. Football is officially back in every sense of the word. So make sure you guys head over to bet online and get in on all the action. Also, if you're looking for other sports, MLB, continues to heat up mixed martial arts as well as boxing even golf there's all kinds of sports available to get in on the action at bet online so head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action bet online where the game starts so we talked about the guys on offense that we, we the, on defense that we expect to step up but looking at some guys offensively I talked about him a little bit but I think this is the Devon Bailey breakout game there's been a lot made of Devon and the receivers this week coach Chad Bumpus talked about how, hey, the game plan going into the Florida game was to be more aggressive down the field. But because of the coverage that the Gators played, primarily in zone as well as some brackets and other things, it just didn't really allow us to take those downfield shots. So it led to a lot of those when they did go to the outside, the bubble screens, a lot of work to Brant, obviously, on those shorter routes. And this is a team I feel like that's hungry to get their wide receivers involved. The wide receiver room has been working extremely hard this year. Expectations on them are higher than ever. They didn't really have an opportunity even to perform up to standards because of those lack of the deep shots we talked about based on coverage coverages. But I think this is a team that their receiving room is going to have an outstanding game this week. I expect to Devon to go over a hundred yards. I think he's going to catch at least one, if not two touchdowns. I think Solomonis is going to be in that 70 to 80 yard range as well. And I don't know how often we'll see a guy like money parks, but money's a guy to me as well. I think he's going to make a huge catch in the end zone at some point. Maybe we'll see him be the explosive play guy, right? That was something this Utah team talked about being more explosive on offense. And we haven't seen it yet. This is where I think it's going to take effect is we see at least one to two, at least 40 yard touchdown passes for this Utah team, whether one of those cams rising or one of those is a Bryson Barnes or someone else. But I do think we'll see that explosive element be worked into the Utah offense this week. Yeah. So for me, I'm right there with you with Devon, but there is another player who I think this is the perfect breakout game for him. And that's Jalen Dixon. In 2018, he was fourth in the nation in yards per route run, primarily used as a deep threat. I think early in this game, we're going to establish the run and later towards more towards halftime, uh, get that play action going, hit Jalen over the middle, hit Devon deep as well. So I think those two guys are going to have huge games. And Tavion, maybe Jalen Glover even, um, we're going to establish the run early and just run all over the Thunderbirds. Yeah, that was one of the surprising things of, of Saturday's games that we didn't see Jalen Glover. We saw Chris Curry. We saw 
of the Chris Curry being the biggest surprising one, honestly, that we saw. I think a lot of people saw he was listed as the fourth starter, but didn't know how much you see him. But credit for Chris. A lot of guys in his position probably would have transferred, so he stuck with this team, had some opportunities, had a couple of nice carries as well. You know, Tavion McKayer in for good games too. And I mean, even another guy I'll bring up is a guy in Dalton Kincaid, who I think made a cut. His presence felt two times in that game, had two catches, but still not the start we were expecting to see from him. Thought he'd be even more productive in that game. And I think he's another guy. He got off to a great start against Weber last year, had, I believe, two touchdowns, 86 yards and in that one. So really broke out onto the scene. A fun opportunity for him to do so versus an FCS opponent. But I think – Looking at the quarterbacks is where it's interesting because we expect Cam to play well. But after Cam, who do you, how do you think the other guys are going to do? And do you think this is something where we just see Bryson Barnes? Because I personally don't. I think we're going to see all three of them honestly get a run. I want to see Jaquinn Jackson play. He's so yeah. versatile. And I love for just some, some sort of QB draw, just something like that, maybe some RPO. Get his versatility like just on the field, on display. That's what I really want to see because he's a freak athlete. I mean, he is just an absolute stud. I know his throw mechanics aren't as good as Bryson's, but he's a very versatile player, so I would love to see him get some action. Would be a lot of fun. Do you think we'll see Nate Johnson? See, now, that would be interesting because obviously he can play four games, yeah. and there's one. I mean, this this would be it. Mm-hmm. This would be it. So I, I'd be stoked to see him play, but I do. I think I would rather see Jaquinnon in there. Yeah, I, I definitely I want to see all of them. That's the thing. So hopefully this Utah team can get off to a big enough lead where Bryson gets a little bit of run. And then late in that game, I'd love to see Jaquindon get a drive. And I'd love to see Nate Johnson get a drive as well. Because, I mean, Nate's a guy, I think he has a chance to be te- the team's starting quarterback next year even. I know that these – look, this Utah team is loaded with backups, but loaded with quality backups. When you look at a guy like Nate Johnson, the talent he has, I just think that's, that's something that's hard to ignore. So it's going to be interesting and – Interesting to see what this team brings into it. And do you expect to see some more of those? You mentioned Jalen Dixon as well. Do you think we'll see this Utah offense take more deep shots than they did versus the Gators? 100%. Like I said, it's going to be established the run early. I get the play action cooking later in the first half. Probably in third, fourth quarter, we'll see the backups and not as much. But with the starters, I would definitely like to see us take more deep shots because we really didn't last game. I think Cam attempted four passes that were over like 20 yards. And I think that might even be stretching. It might have only been one or two. Um, but that's what you get when you play Florida. I mean, their outside corners were fantastic, and the way that game was just going, it was establish the run, get your playmakers into space, and let them do work rather than just nonstop throwing deep, you know? 100%. And, all right, it's prediction time for this one. I'm going to go first. Utah, they're going to roll. I think Cam is going to be incredibly productive in this one. I think he'll have, what, maybe two incompletions in the first half, and both those are going to come on passes that are over 40 yards to me. I think by the time Cam checks out of this game, he'll have a combination of five touchdowns, whether that's four passing, one rushing, however you want to say it is. Tavion will get in a couple times. It'll be great to see Jalen Glover get in as well, as you mentioned, whether that's early in the game or later as well, depending on when he gets the carries. But I think this Utah team is going to roll. I think defensively they're going to step up. I think offensively they'll have long drives, a couple explosive ones that end quickly, but they're going to be able to do whatever they want. Because I mentioned this is – look, Southern Utah is – yes, they're an FCS opponent, so they're already not on that level, but they're they're not a good FCS opponent either. That's where it's hard versus a Weber last year who actually had like one of the best return games in the FCS. We saw that they were able to take that touchdown return to the house – right before that rain delay kickoff. So Utah had to kind of sit and stew on it. And then they came out in the second half and really responded. But look, that's a really strong unit on a really good Weber team. This Southern Utah team is not in the same place at all. So I think it's going to be a 66 to three, just obliteration basically. Yeah. I would like to see that as well, because the main thing for me is style points. Everyone talks about it. You see USC beat rice 
66 to 14 last week. And with us being dropping six slots in the rankings, we got to beat the, beat the living daylights out of these inferior opponents. And for that reason, I think Kyle's might leave the starters in for a little bit longer than he should to just make sure we get those extra seven, 14 points. But like I said, we're going to establish the run early, hit some hit Jalen, hit Devon and play action later in the game. Uh, I got Utah winning this game 56 to three. So we're pretty much on the same page. Yeah. And I think I would, mine would be lower if Utah squeaked out a win versus Florida. Let's say Cam doesn't turn the ball over there, but I do think that, in the end, I just like you mentioned this Utah team. They're going to roll. It's going to be a big win. And this is the kind of game, like as a football player, you want to play in this game. You're having fun. Everything's going right. You're hitting people. You're dominating. Like this is the kind of game the players are going to want to stay on the field for. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out for the Utes. But obviously, the Utes not the only team in action, as there are a ton of great games on the college slate this coming weekend. And the first one. I really have my eye on is that Florida Kentucky game. I think you got a matchup between two of the best quarterbacks in the country in Anthony Richardson and Will Levitz. And this is another matchup too of top 20 teams. Kentucky, I believe it sits at 20 right now with Florida up right spot above Utah at number 12, which I personally, I think that's a really high jump, but look, this is still a really good Gators team. So I think this is going to be a great matchup in the swamp. Once again, a place Dante, as you, you visited, you know how difficult it is to play. So at the moment, Florida is minus six versus Kentucky. So I'm thinking Florida is going to win, but but not by six. I think this is going to be a really close back-and-forth game. This is going to be a game that NFL scouts love to go back over and review because Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, both guys who could be top five, top five NFL draft prospects by the time the season comes to a close. So like I mentioned, I think Florida is going to win, but not by six. So I'll take Kentucky with the, with the points. What do you think about that and this game? I agree with you, actually. I think Kentucky covers the spread here, but I do think the Gators pull out the W. Um, for me, Florida exposed a lot of their playbook last week. You see all these other like upper echelon teams not really doing much because they know they're playing a better team in week two. Florida pulled out every trick in the book to beat Utah. I think Kentucky has a lot of film to review on the Gators, and they have a quarterback that has a very similar skill set to Cam Rising. They're both very agile, um, can run the ball, can throw, can throw the deep ball, can throw to all three levels. Um, so this is going to be a very physical matchup. Both these teams are great up front. Um, but at the end of the day, I do think the swamp is going to be what takes Florida over the top. I got the Gators winning this one, 31 to 27. I like it. And once again, these are our bet online, big game picks. Make sure you guys head over to bet online, check out all the odds and lines on another great week of college football week two, officially week three, if you count week zero, but week two of the big time games. And before we move off this game, just Dante, you were someone you were in the swamp. I really want you to talk just about what that atmosphere was like being down there and especially what Kentucky's in for as they head into that ruckus crowd. Yeah, it was, it was unbelievable. It was by far the most electric atmosphere I've ever witnessed. We were right next to the student section. So it was just nonstop trash talk between both sides all game long. It was like, just not even as a Utah um, fan, it was just like a college football fan. And it was just so blessed to be in an atmosphere that electric. It was, it was one of a kind and I'm dying to go back. Yeah, definitely fun to get in those premier atmospheres as well. But keeping it going with our bet online big game picks. Dante, what game do you have your eye on this week? Yeah, so I'm a big, big fan of this Texas Tech versus Houston matchup. Texas Tech's at home. It's the first big game for their new head coach, Joey McGuire, who I've been a big fan of since he got hired. Um, he was on staff at Baylor with Dave Aranda and Matt Rule. So he knows what it's like to be around a winning culture. And I think that he's really going to get Texas Tech going in the right direction. They also have Cal's defensive coordinator, Tim DeRuder, who led Cal to some fantastic defenses over the past couple of years. Um, and they got a really good quarterback in Donovan Smith, in my opinion, the most underrated quarterback in the country. 
He came on late last year as a freshman. He's six foot five, can do it all. He's just a fantastic player. And Houston loses a lot in their secondary. And because of that, and because of the electric atmosphere that's going to be on display in Lubbock, I like Texas Tech winning this game, 35 to 24. And Texas Tech's minus three, so I like them to cover the spread. Yeah, I mean, I like it for all the reasons you just listed as well. Texas Tech's a fun team always. Like, they always just seem to get in these really good games, always seem to make it close. And I think against a Houston team as well, they had to squeak out a tough win against uh, UTSA this past weekend. I I like, to, I like the Red Raiders. I like Texas Tech in this one as well. So keeping it going, USC versus Stanford, the first Pac-12 matchup of the season, Caleb Williams versus Tanner McKee. David Shaw, for a long time, one of the top coaches in the Pac-12, still would probably be to a lot of people, but just recently taken a little bit of a hit as they haven't been as good. They struggled with the COVID changes that have kind of plagued them a little bit. And but looking over Lincoln Riley coming in, we already talked about they got the win versus Rice in impressive fashion, but there were still some things in that game. I mean, Rice was still able to move the ball on them a couple of times and a couple of those interceptions as well that they ended up turning into touchdown were passes that were going to be completed that went right through receivers' hands. So there's still opportunities there if you are a team like Stanford to make those plays. They had the huge upset versus Oregon a year ago. For this one, I don't think they're able to get the upset, but USC is eight and a half uh, versus minus eight and a half versus Stanford, excuse me. So I, I think the Trojans will win, but I do think the Cardinal will make it close. So I'll take Stanford with the points in this one. And I think this is going to be a lot of fun. And we'll be talking about this as the big first memorable game of the Pac-12 season. And not just because it is the very first game. I think it is going to be a fun one too. Yeah, this game has a ton of potential. I could I could see this game, both teams scoring 40-plus. Stanford, they got some really big athletic players in their receiving corps. John Humphreys, six foot four, can make guys miss in the open field as well. And they also got Benjamin Yurosek, one of the best deep threat tight ends in the nation. So they got some really tall guys who can win deep. And Tanner McKee's got an absolute cannon for an arm. So if Stanford's going to win this game, they're going to have to get the deep ball cooking early. On USC side, I think this game kind of plays right in Caleb Williams' hands. USC has a fantastic offensive line. The Stanford pass rush is pretty bad and Caleb likes to hold on the ball for a little bit longer and in this game he'll be able to because Stanford's not going to generate any pressure I like the Trojans to win this game but I do think the Cardinal cover give me a final score of 41 to 34 in favor of the Trojans I like it yeah it's going to be fun to finally get some Pac-12 play underway as we'll see it get on a little bit more as a season and let's stay with one Pac-12 team but also going over to the Big Ten, who's obviously not everyone's favorite in the Pac-12 right now because of certain events that have played out. But when you're looking at Washington State, Wisconsin, Dante, how do you see this one? Yeah, I don't think this game's going to be close at all. Um, Cam Ward, Washington State's quarterback, yes, he threw 47 touchdowns last year, but he also committed almost 40 turnover-worthy plays, 25 turnover-worthy passes, 14 fumbles. So this is a guy that loves to turn the ball over. He didn't look impressive at all last week against Idaho, only averaged 5.6 yards per attempt. Now he has to go into Camp Randall in the hardest environment he'll have to face all year against the high-flying Wisconsin secondary. They got John Torquio, their safety, and Jay Ward, the USC transfer or UCLA transfer, who was one of the best corners in the Pac-12 last year. I wouldn't be shocked if Wisconsin scored more defensive touchdowns than Washington State scores offensive touchdowns. This is going to be over quickly. I got Wisconsin winning this game 41-7 to and covering the minus 17 spread fairly easily. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it might be a little closer than that, but I'll say this. I, I like Wisconsin. I mean, this is a Badgers team. When you look at their program, what Paul Chris has built there, it, it is a phenomenal group. They always run the ball well defensively. They can slow down any offense. And Washington State struggled with Idaho a little bit last week. That's an Idaho team as well. It's their head coach's first year. Like, they're still trying to build the program up. So, yeah, you mentioned just some of those Cam Ward numbers. Those are very eye-popping and something we'll definitely keep in mind when the UFC Washington State later in the season. But – I agree with you. I'm going to go with the Badgers big in that one. And then we get the one that everyone in the state of Utah, who's 
not looking forward to the Utes game the most is talking about. And in general, one of the best games in the country this week is BYU taking on Baylor, a matchup of top 20 teams. And look, I think Baylor is going to win this. I think there's, I just think defensively they're going to come in. They're going to be ready to bring it. I just think, I think BYU is good. I like Jaron Hall, but I, I think this Baylor team is ready. I really like what Dave Aranda is building in down in ba- Baylor. And I just, I think I like the bears in this one. So I'll take Baylor and on the money line in this one and to win and on the money line. But yeah, I really like this Bears team right now, what they're building down there. I think it's they're going to be able to come up and get a win. Yeah, so unfortunately, I'm on the opposite side of you, you as much as I hate to say it. But I think the dynamic ability of Jaron Hall is going to be what sets him over the top. Last year, Baylor's secondary was really fast with guys like JT Woods, Jalen Petrie. They lose a lot of speed in their secondary. So when uh, Jaron Hall tucks it and runs it, they're not going to be able to close down on him, very similar to how the Utes played against them last year, unfortunately. Um, and on defense, BYU's got a lot of talent there. They're secondary. They're a lot of very long players. I'm not a big fan of Baylor's quarterback, Blake Shapin. I'm not a big fan of their receiving corps. So with that being said, unfortunately, I like, I like the Cougars to win this game by double digits, 31 to 21. So I got BYU minus three. And Dante, you were doing so great, but you picked BYU. So unfortunately, we, we won't be able to have you back on Locked On Utes. But, <laughs> but no, I, I think this – look, this is a good BYU team. And I've, I've talked about this before too. I will not be surprised at all if BYU goes in and wins this game. Just because I really like this Baylor team does not think does not mean I think Kalani Sataki's team can't play with the Bears and could very well win this game as well. You did a great job highlighting Jaron Hall and all his abilities as well. So it's going to be fun to see – what this team's able to do, what these teams are able to do in this game, what should be one of the best matchups of the week. And it's another fun week of college football. And most importantly, Rice Eccles Stadium is officially back. Make sure you guys show up, get it rocking. It's going to be an incredible atmosphere. Huge thanks to Dante Gardia for joining us on this show. Make sure you follow him at Dante Gardia on Twitter as well. Make sure you guys keep it with Locked On Utes. We'll have a quick post-game reaction for you over the weekend as well as next week diving into a fun recap in the Southern Utah game as well as San Diego State coming to town. That's going to be a fun one. Utes looking to avenge a loss from a season ago. It's great to have college football back, and we are well underway in the season. And we thank you guys for making Locked On Utes your first listen every day. But if you're in the market for a second listen every day, make sure you guys go check out Locked On Pac-12, where host Spencer McLaughlin and other local Pac-12 experts take you around the conference in under 30 minutes. Lots of fun game previews coming up on there right now, as well as some of the reactions to all what was a really exciting first week for the Pac-12. That did not go in their favor, unfortunately, but lots of great stuff at Locked on Pac-12. So once again, great thanks. Big thanks to Dante for joining us, and you guys have a great weekend. Enjoy the atmosphere at Rice Eccles. The Utes are back, and they'll be back in the winning column by the time next week is underway.